welcome back to Send News, the inside gaming podcast where we talk all about video games. I'm Brian, your host. I'm Caden. I'm Alana. And I'm Evan, the hardest of hardcore gamers back again. Hell also, it's yeah. craft day here. Very nice. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah, yeah, I've got like seven more of these on the way. So if you guys want one, just let me know. <laughs> Thank you. We have new Inside Gaming merch, which is yeah. Evan's Kids Craft Projects. <laughs> no, that's handmade. We can get a premium for that. Oh. And yeah, get arrested for that shit. And there get arrested a... for employing children. Yeah. yeah, there also is a catch. Once you put it on, you have to wear it forever. I've tried oh. to take it off like three times. Is uh, it because it yeah, comes in here? and sees that I'm not wearing them. Oh, yeah. It's it's my ass, yeah. Mm. (laughs) Um, All right, we have a pretty newsy week in video games. Uh, One of the big stories that happened this week, uh, recently we got a state of play on Last of Us 2. I I forget how quickly that game is coming. It's just a few weeks away. It's coming out in June. and they weird right now, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For such a big game, too, it, it feels like a game we've been waiting on and waiting on and waiting on, and then... Finally, when the release date gets here, I'm always just, whoa, it, it, it's happening so fast. It's weird, too, because there was a timeline where that game would be out already. We'd have yeah. already played it. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, and I think from, from what I've seen on Twitter, it seems like review copies have been distributed. I've, I've seen some, some journalists uh, posting screens and... You know, they, they everyone's still clearly under NDAs and can't talk about it. But oh, I, I love the anticipation and, and the state of play that they showed. And Neil Druckmann, um, uh, you know, kind of talked us through it was awesome. It got me very hyped. It looks great. I, I'm I'm all in on this game now. Oh yeah, I really was like I haven't actually but sp- I actually just got off a podcast with Troy Baker, but he didn't even watch the gameplay because he didn't want to have the gameplay segment spoiled for him, which I find so interesting Yeah, being That's Joel, is that like, he was like, I didn't want to see the gameplay parts. I'm happy <laughs> to see the story parts, but I don't know what it feels like to play it, so I didn't want to see it. And That's so some I dedication. To, I know. <laughs> and we had this whole conversation about how it's going to be like a really weird departure for him. I was like, is it going to be like you're losing that world and those characters? I'm just assuming that it's the final game that they'll come out with. I don't imagine yeah. it's going to be a part three. He was like, yeah, it's like, I think I'm going to be really upset, but I can't predict it. But in any case, um, so because of that, I have not been able to talk to anyone actually properly about that gameplay. Um, the little 10 minute, I think, segment that we got at yep. the end of yep. the State mm-hmm. of Play. I thought mm-hmm. it looked fantastic. Oh, like, yeah. The most striking... all of, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the most striking thing to me was the sound. Like, mm-hmm. oh, when yeah. people die, you're just like, oh, oh, that sounds real bad. Very and then boring. obviously this has been called out before, but the when NPCs like call each other by name, it's pretty affecting Yeah. for now. I mean, after the hundredth time, I don't know if it's going to be as strong, but I, I, I was really struck by the facial animations and just the, the, the level that is the hardest thing to get right. And uh, there is something where Ellie's, I guess her girlfriend or someone, she basically was like, how would you rate that kiss? And her eyes just changed uh, so slightly but they conveyed so much by it. Mm. I, I just thought, wow, they are just killing it. It's just it's not the L.A. noir effect where everyone uh, just <laughs> over emotes. And so you're always suspicious of them. <laughs> right. But um, no, I mean, even the way that some of the stealth kills, the way that they the NPCs would seem to be scared and then there would be an actual struggle. Like yeah. just just the gameplay really got me the variety of it and the verticality of the uh, environments we saw. It seems like the environments are a lot broader or just wider than mm-hmm. we've seen in previous Naughty Dog games, excepting, I guess, that like one kind of open world chunk of Lost Legacy, where it seemed like everything, just, just a lot of options, a lot of ways to go in, a lot of uh, stairs to climb, yeah. glass to break through. Yeah, I was just really impressed by how varied it looked. I, I you know, all of the politics and, and spoilers and all the story stuff aside, game looks great to play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I what mean, this right. is like Absolutely. the biggest leap in in tech, I think, that we've seen from them since I'd say probably like Uncharted 2 to Uncharted mm-hmm. 4. And it's like mm-hmm. that big, like striking difference between those two games that we saw seeing this like stacked up right next to the original Last of Us. It's like, oh my gosh, we have come such a far way in mm-hmm. such a short amount of time. It's so, everything is far more visceral and far more real. Everything yeah. feels like 
every every hit feels more bone crunching than it ever did before. The sound design is fantastic. Like everything about The Last of Us, the first one especially, was so good at like conveying everything through sound. And I mm -hmm. think that just based on the little bit of gameplay that we saw, this is that to an nth degree. This is like which you didn't way... even know they could do. Like I yeah. didn't know you could improve on that. But yeah. right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Here's right. the one. The one issue that I have with it is like you know it's. I feel like plenty of people are miserable right now. I'm having a real tough time. Life sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Trying to get through. Yes. Do our best. <laughs> it seems so bleak and sad. And even when they announced The Last of Us, I co-wrote this piece with uh, Max Scoville that I think Neil Druckmann was really unhappy about at IGN. I was just like, it's it's so violent and I don't, that is not what gets me into, like the trailers were so violent and, and not that I have right. any problem with video right. game violence, it's never a thing that's bothered me, but that's not what got me into The Last of Us. It was the relationship between those two characters, especially yeah. where one of them was full of wonder and hope and, and she didn't really understand the negative side effects of what was happening around her. My biggest concern with part two coming out right now and having seen that gameplay is that it's going to be a little too bleak for me or too sad or too brutal and that yeah. it, it will bum me out to play and I don't it's not the game I need right now and of course I want the studio to make the thing they want to make fuck what I need make totally. a point but Absolutely. there's a larger yeah. but there's a larger zeitgeist here it's just yeah, the, yeah. on a personal level I'm like right. I don't you're, know that I'm gonna want to play this right now <laughs> you're not the only one probably yeah uh, and I remember when I finished the first Last of Us I was already sitting down and I was like I need to sit down like yeah. it was, it was a <laughs> honestly, lot for, this you know, this whole after. like thing parallels everything that Telltale did with uh, the Walking Dead series that they made, which was very much like, hey, you have this older, more grizzled character uh, teamed up with this smaller, younger character that is, you know, aware of what's going on, but not quite as much as they should be. Mm -hmm. And then after that first game, it's just like, okay. Uh, that first character, that character you're playing as, they're gone now for whatever reason. They're completely gone. Now you're playing as that person who you basically raised in the first game. Yeah, and it makes you feel like the father. Yeah, and now, yeah. now it's just like, well, let's just break them. Let's take all that wonder yeah. and hope and just crush it. And it's like, I understand it's definitely like, a striking difference between what everybody's been playing lately, which is, I assume, Animal Crossing. Yeah, and, right. uh, you know, it's like you go from that. It's like, oh, yeah, it's everything so sunny and bright and sunshiny. And then you look at The Last of Us Part 2's gameplay. It's just like, nope, <laughs> definitely not any of that. It's but completely different. Like Neil said that the giraffe moment in uh, The Last of Us was supposed to be the last moment that Ellie has any innocence and it's all supposed to be gone after that. Oh, wow. Um, which yeah, I, I can, I but can I feel, feel like that. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. But I, I think, um, I, I imagine Ellie doesn't have a lot of innocence left. Uh, and, oh, but, yeah. She but doesn't maybe seem like, to. No. <laughs> she she definitely seems aggressive. This, definitely aggressive. She's, she's really strong. Like meat oh, shields yeah. and stuff. Hell like stabbing yeah. people. Like it's nothing. Oh. Like I'm impressed. Yeah, maybe right even a little bit yeah. aroused. But <laughs> it is. But, uh, it is she is lot. like, she has, yeah, become like, at least in all of these uh, trailers and the gameplay I've seen. Yeah. Super aggressive. And mm. it is such a departure from the first one. And, and yeah, it's, I, I'm excited. I think I'll need a little bit of an explanation as to how this happened. Although living in that world, you, I feel like you have to become strong or it's also die. like what she meant, you know, and, and how people were trying to use her. I feel like I can, I can understand how this happens. And right. have you guys had anything spoiled for you? I've not had anything. So I actually, no, I'm don't completely spoiler free. Yeah, I, I accidentally read the spoiler. Somebody posted them somewhere and I sort of glanced at them. So it, I don't remember a lot of them, but I remember a few points. But then I'm also I've also some of them are untrue. That's right. right. Some people have said that those are fake, like the written down ones. So I hope uh, um, I, I do think, you know, you make a good point about Animal Crossing and that got so popular, I think, because people need a break from yeah. the yeah. Uh, just tedium and of life right now. And Meanwhile, this feels like more of a look into the future. Like oh, 10 but years part of me is wondering now. if it'll be good therapy. Like maybe, you know, yeah, maybe. A catharsis, right? Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say very cathartic experience where it's just like, okay, well, this is how bad it could potentially get. 
but I could also become that much of a badass. Yeah. Maybe it wouldn't be that bad. Get the she forearm is, tattoos and shit. All yeah. right. It is so violent. It's, it's yeah, so yeah. violent. Like when yeah, there's that scene when the the scar leader is like clipper wings or clip, and oh, they yeah. just yeah. get the hand. It's like, oh God. I don't know it's, if a lot of people have seen that, but that whole sequence was released as like a trailer or something a while ago. Yeah. And I've seen it because, like you know, we edit teaser? these videos all the time. Wasn't that the first one? Yeah, yeah, I, think so. I thought yeah, so too. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And you're and like, that, we're like, what the hell is this? This is not the last of us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ellie's even different. in it until like the end or something. No, yeah. she's not. And I, I mean, that's the thing that I, I really respect about what Naughty Dog has done is, you know, I even heard this at the first PSX where they announced it, that um, they had said, if the first game is about love, then the second game is about hate. And even back then mm. I was like, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> but one thing that they do very well is commit to a story that they they don't care if you like it or dislike it in terms of, you know, like how you feel about, yeah. say, the ending of the first game. Yeah. What matters to that studio is that you feel something and you aren't um, ambivalent or apathetic towards it. Yeah. And Respect. it definitely seems. Respect. Yeah. yeah I, I prefer that than trying yeah. to please everyone like a Ubisoft narrative, which no one ever fucking remembers. Yeah. I, I, I think you have to have <laughs> I think you have to have a strong vision and you have to follow that. And I think that's why a, a lot of you know, indie games have been working so well when they're sort of made by these small studios. It's like, there's no design by committee. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's a very uh, sort of strong idea that gets followed through whether, whether or not a, a mass audience likes it or not. So I mean, Ubisoft is so designed by committee that they yes, have a department yes. of people that is literally just there to predict trends so that their next game can be made based on whatever that they think the wow. next trend is. Like That's Pirates, for example. Skull and Bones was one of those. Or Vikings, right? Yeah. Yeah, Vikings. But the, they're like, we think this is going to come back around, so we're going to jump on it in this amount of time. Like, it's nuts. That's how That's my committee so is. That's so weird. I know. I want to know what that what their details just are. Like, it's been tough right to, just like a, to, yeah. a little bit of like insight. It's like, who's your soothsayer, Ubisoft? Yeah. Who's, who's there with the crystal ball just being like, Oh, what's next? It's Just going to be God. ninjas are next. Everybody, ninjas are <laughs> coming it is, back. <laughs> it is true. I mean, these things do come around. Like when zombies had a few, like oh, really yeah. strong yeah. years. And I think yeah. vampires yeah. were pretty hot for a while. Pirates, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting for werewolves to come back around. We we tried that once with, uh, gosh, dead, what was that game? That one Maybe game. Dead West or something like that? No, it was uh, the it was the one that like uh, Sony order. was just like, this is going to oh, be it. Yeah. The Order. Yeah, The Order. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 1886? Yeah, it was fun, but it was definitely like it did not catch the interest of uh, uh, of the gamers at the time. But I, I think you're right, Alana. did not like it. I think you're, I think you're right, Alana. I'd rather play, a, and this may seem really weird, I'd rather play through an entire game and end up hating it and have that, like, I just did not enjoy this. I have a lot of feelings about this. Or play through a game and really enjoy it than play through a game and just be like, yeah, it was a game. Yeah, I mean, especially it existed. where the story's concerned. Exactly. If you don't yeah. like gameplay or a camera is bad, that's a whole other thing. Where they're, like, yeah, where they're trying not to offend anybody. Like I felt like the the last Far Cry was kind of like that. Like I felt like they could have. Oh yeah, they had I like thought, a strong premise and then uh, the setting back was cool. Everything, yeah. yeah, and then I don't know. That is exactly what happened too. The the writer of that game did write it with the intention of being a lot more controversial. That and makes sense. The scale back. Yeah, that so it's, that's, yeah. that's really obvious. And that's the the big thing with The Last of Us is like the gameplay looks fantastic, and that's the thing that I really do care about more than anything. Level design's really important to me, and that looks really good. I don't know if I'm going to like the story or not. I'm not sold on the premise of it being driven by hate and how glooming it looks. But I'd at least prefer to be challenged and confronted and, and have negative emotions towards it than to just have nothing. And that she seems to be one of their strong points, right, is like riding that emotional roller coaster. And that's one of my fears is that like with the sequel, you're always trying to punch things up. And like you're kind of right. saying, Alana, like, is it going to be too much? Where it's like these these got you emotional moments, um, and I think some people even argued that with the first Last of Us with the two brothers scene, like people kind of saw it coming, and and like yeah, the, the, these were like kind of emotional gimmicks to get you to like feel right, yeah. and yeah, I don't that's something I think that they are very conscious of and try to steer away from, but it can happen too, right? So I, I will I say that's the, my fear. The, the story from the first game was so good. Um, yeah. and, and really simple in a way, uh, but just yeah. kind of exploring that relationship. Um, I still think about it. It's still one of my favorites. And and so, yeah, with me, I think I, I share the, the sort of skepticism of sort of, uh, I don't know if I want to 
you know, I don't know if I'm going to get into this hate fest or because it seems like she's out for revenge. Something happens. She's on a revenge mission. But I, I trust that the first one was so good. It's like, yeah, you, you've built up enough goodwill with me to where I, I'm going to give this a shot. I know there's been some backlash about the spoilers <laughs> or whatever, but but uh, but I, even then, at least people like at least there is such a structured story in place that people are angry rather than people not caring. Like I would True. way prefer yeah. to ship yeah. a story as a, a writer that people are like, fuck what Total. you did. Yeah. Then to be like, story's fine. Yeah, I it think was okay. I'm probably <laughs> on the, the opposite end of the spectrum with this. The, it's a testament to that gameplay that we saw today. Uh, but when, like, you can just feel how mad Ellie is. Yeah. And when she takes someone out and they're like, oh, Cheryl. And you're like, oh, yeah, Cheryl. Like, you're done, Cheryl. Get out of here. <laughs> and then it's just like moving on to the next one. She's not even like... It, just the way they did the demo and, and that's I mean that's a whole different art on its own like watching these oh. gameplay demos because you know that guy's played through it like a hundred times totally. to get like the perfect yeah. Yeah. playthrough right and you're personally. like oh why did he leave that there or how did he know that thing was over there obviously because he played it a hundred times yeah, but, so I'm gonna look that clean when I play <laughs> yeah and she's just <laughs> I would avoid killing every dog yeah oh yeah the dog part was a little bit harsh both, both of those um, but yeah I think I don't know there's probably other people out there with some pent-up aggression that they could could get out playing they just this want game. Vita's yeah. thrown on the floor. They want yeah. they want it all. That, see, that hit me hard. See, I'm I'm definitely in the vein of I understand why people would be apprehensive about picking this game up, especially given all the circumstances. But I love watching horror movies. Like it's one of my favorite things to do. So everybody's just like, oh, what's your feel-good movies? Like Alien, Aliens. No, actually, you know, same. seeing something I like really like really terrifying and really like yeah. visceral, just to kind of like rip your mind away from everything else that's going on. It's so like, it's very captivating in mm. those things. And I feel like this is another one of those, those situations where when you're playing this game, at least based off of what we've seen, it feels very much like it is going to take all of your attention. It is going mm. to hyper-focus you while you're playing. And I think that's probably a good thing. I mean, again, Animal Crossing's doing the same thing. Everybody's like so focused on it's like, I need to get the ironwood bed. I need to find the DIY for this. I need to have it. I need to have my island perfect. This is that story version of it where it's like, mm. you're going to want to play this to the end. You're going to want to see what happens. There's going to be enough twists and turns in there to keep you focused on it. And I think being able to be single-minded about something and follow through with that is definitely something that people could need not to mention the pent-up aggression thing is great i mean ellie's really yeah. pissed and i mean we can all relate to just yeah. having that little bit of aggression in there it's yeah, like, i'd love to go out that. in the world and punch some shit right now well and she murdered she murdered a vita owner what was up with the vita shot and the part. hotline miami it was the weirdest yeah. like apparently thing. just neil's a huge fucking fan that's awesome i love my yeah. i mean that's why really not cool Hollow yeah. Miami's great. I love that song. I think it's Hydrogen by Moon. And and the point where I was watching that and I realized that it was Hotline Miami, I was like, that's the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was like the one part of that that made me really happy. It's it how many Vitas do you think they're gonna sell from just that trailer? <laughs> <laughs> and then the Hotline Miami account tweeted Hotline Miami is on Vita. And I, uh, I feel like they'll cool. get some sales out of it. <laughs> totally. Cool. Yeah, totally. That, that must be a fun part about being, yeah, a, the director of a huge game like this. And you see it with movies, too. Like, they'll cast their friends and little, you know, mm -hmm. cameos or yep. actors. They like, I love those little shout-outs like that. So yeah. um, it, it looks great. Uh, I, I'm stoked. Uh, let's move on, uh, or because we can talk about Last of Us 2. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Hour. Um, so we also did a story on this, not specifically video game related, but it's YouTube. So it's, it's, and it's deals it's with space. commenting. Yeah. And so this has to do with the scoop that the verge had on uh, YouTube was apparently, well, still is deleting certain comments that are critical of China's communist party. And it was uh, kind of two phrases in particular. Uh, one was communist bandit. The other is 50 cent party, meaning uh, there's sort of this belief uh, among some people that uh, commenters in China, like pro-government commenters are paid 50 Chinese cents per per post. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's such a strange, they only deleted uh, the, the Chinese language versions, not the English language translations. Uh, so, but it, YouTube isn't, re it's like mostly blocked in China. So it's just, it's sort of this mystery of why is this happening? And then YouTube, when they were approached about it, Oh, this was an error. Sorry. We're, we're, we're going to fix it. But it's, 
it, it's, it raises all kinds of larger questions about what the hell. I mean, we know Google's tried to get into China for a long time, even built sort of a, a, a search a search engine that could like filter, you know, that would basically comply with filtering requirements. But uh, it's, man, it's, it's kind of, it's creepy just sort of how much influence uh, China might have behind the scenes and stuff like this, not to sound conspiratorial, but. Oh my God, right. It's not like, how dare we you? Yeah. this when we were writing the script yesterday, but like. Yeah. China does have all control of everything behind the scenes. That's just the truth. Like there we go. Just go it absolutely is, and it's it's crazy how how little people realize that every movie that gets made, they want it to ship in China. Right. That's, oh, yeah. You right. know, it's so uncommon that people don't like. They, there is a focus on a Chinese audience because that audience is so massive that it generates so much money. That really, even though the West likes to think that we're Hollywood and we run everything, yes, most films are invested by China anyway. Tencent. Uh, invest in movies. And I know people who've worked with Tencent on films who've gotten a list of things they aren't allowed to touch or things that they shouldn't have if they want success in China, including no black people. Like, (sighs) that shit is real. It's also like, I think it's no no ghosts, I think is a thing. Um, Some of it's occasionally no homosexuality, no transgender people. Occasionally, yeah. (laughs) They apparently aren't consistent on it in China. I don't know why that's a thing. It's such a fucking, yet again, yet Black Panther did fucking gangbusters over there. Yeah. Not to mention, like, uh, I mean, people like to, again, like you say, people like to admit that this is, they they like to believe that it's like, oh, you know, it's like, I mean, especially like with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's like, no, 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 it's, these are our American heroes and all that lovely bullshit. They added an entire scene with a bunch of different actors that don't appear in the movie elsewhere. I think it was Iron Man 3. It's like a five to ten minute scene where China saves Tony Stark of somehow. And it's just like, what the, f- what is, what is this? I, I'm yeah. sure you can find it on YouTube. You want to believe, you want to believe that what, what, this is actually an error and YouTube is just kind of, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you know what? It, it's definitely an error. It's like absolute nonsense, total bullshit. It, it's, it's a really totally specific intended. error it's, in this case. Yeah, it's a really they, say that, error. they say that all the time too. They did that um, like probably about a year, year and a half ago where they're just like, well, and I, it's still fucking happening. Anything that's, you know, labeled as uh, LGBT in any way, shape or form on YouTube. It's just like, it's immediately oh, right, not kid right, friendly. And it's just like, right. well, it was an error. It's like, well, when are you going to fucking fix it? Because it's still going on. I mean, yeah. Yeah. there are people who lost their livelihoods and their their communities and their fan bases and their subscribers because of what you did. And this is YouTube in a nutshell. There are also it's like, fucking they'll just, kids who are confused about you know, what their sexuality is. And maybe the only person they can talk to is a one-way conversation with a YouTuber who yeah, can talk about that. Yeah, exactly. But then they don't have access to that. Like yeah. there are a lot of downsides. And, and I mean, these are, the, these, these are, could be life and death issues, you know, yeah. of, of people struggling with, you know, yeah, their identities. And it's so People criticizing up. the Chinese government is literally a life and death issue. Absolutely. It is. People Absolutely. 100%. are dying based on the regimes that government has. And, and they're like clamping the new down. Like two-child policy. Yeah. Like you're allowed to have more than one kid now, but we still have such a such a disgustingly large yeah. amount of children just killed for that one-child policy. And, and, or they don't know, exist in records. It's like they don't, they can't get a job. They can't do anything. They just are ghosts in this. Like criticizing this government is important. <laughs> so yeah, uh, criticizing oh, any to... government, but yes, yeah. especially Absolutely. the largest country in the world and, and quickly becoming the superpower of the, of the world also as the U S sort of falls off a cliff. And obviously we've seen this, you know, come into gaming, you know, in terms of with the Hearthstone player who got suspended. Blitzchung, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, that was one of those things that really drove home, you know, that and, and when the NBA executive criticized China and, and they were just like, oh, hell no. Nope. <laughs> we need a no more basketball. Well, guess yeah. what? Now no more basketball for the entire world. <laughs> yeah. No more sports in general. <laughs> they I can feel do like that. it's just this is a thing that's been happening for a really long time. Yeah. China controls so much that the West think they control. It's we just don't know. And it's just like finally that that lid is coming off and people are realizing that, you know, the the country with the highest population that makes the most money right. controls the most stuff. But uh, I do want to say, in case it's not obvious from a podcast of white people, 
I do not have any <laughs> issue with Chinese people. That is not no. any of the problem. Nope. We don't want to be right. like the Chinese. No. It is literally no. an issue with the Chinese government and censorship. Right. It's which a government in issue. In part, I feel it's like I'm trying issue. to defend the Chinese. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Trying to be think, like, this sucks for you. There, there's also like, there's systemic issues, right? It's, there's not, it's not all like, I mean, Brian was worried about saying, sounding conspiratorial before, but it's not, no, it's not it that is. like some it's of this real. stuff isn't as like vindictive and, and intentional as that, but it's a byproduct of like how much control China actually has in some yeah. ways yeah. of yeah. like, we're specifically talking about marketing stuff. There isn't like a marketing direct, well, maybe there is in China, <laughs> but there isn't like a marketing director for Hollywood who's like, uh, hmm, I guess I can't really like say this for sure. But but there's basically a set of guidelines, just like when we make like YouTube videos and stuff, there's a set of guidelines for like why we think like different videos would do well. And people just like try to follow those to like make the most money. Right. Mm -hmm. But if that's dictated by like um, like government or any other issue or like cultural phenoms, like there starts to emerge a pattern across like entities that aren't connected between different companies and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm kind of getting lost in the weeds here. But basically what I'm trying to say is like. Patterns can form too, and that's also problematic. Um, and not and just as problematic as is if there's like a mustache twirling villain who like would sure. dictate I mean, or censor yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of YouTube in a nutshell, though. They, I mean, dating all the way back to the beginning of of YouTube time, they basically decided to do whatever the hell they want whenever they wanted. Uh, originally, YouTube was this whole like culture for animators and animation stuff anything that was like five minutes or less anything super short that was super repeatable it would do gangbusters um i know that uh, a lot of the the newgrounds community when they were still hustling and bustling now they're even they're back and better than ever they moved to youtube because it was a way to monetize everything that they had and they started being able to actually like pour more time and more money into it because it was a it was a business venture then YouTube just toggles a switch one day and decides to say, fuck you, and it completely destroys everything. And having, you know, any government in charge of being able to toggle that switch for any reason, for any particular reason, I don't care what it is, it's a terrible thing because one, it affects the livelihoods. Two, it literally kills people. And three, it's just a, a, a way for people to actually, like, put these things together. I mean, a lot of what we do is you know, tethered to these different platforms and everything like that. And having just one switch away from everything collapsing is this mm -hmm. perpetual terror. And seeing stuff like this is just, you know, that pulling back of the curtain. It's just like, it's yeah. a glitch. It's absolutely not a glitch. It's complete, no. complete bullshit. Yeah, yeah that is I don't. I, not I think it would be really unrealistic. Like that's a really that's such a reach. And I, and I mean, it's like an easy PR spin they can always have. It's like because not that many people know programming or coding, but like there's tons of people on the internet who know that stuff and can probably oh, yeah. dive into it and like tell you exactly what happened. But then YouTube's just like absolutely not. We are we are owned by Google. <laughs> we are the new superpower. Yeah. It's so weird that you you can forget that like a journalistic outlet isn't allowed to lie. But YouTube is as a platform, they can lie about whatever they want and we can't even hold them accountable for it. It's just they're allowed to lie. I mean, that's the whole thing Private. that's going on, on on Twitter right now is the whole fact of just like we will be fact checking the people who are in charge. I and mean, I think that that's mm -hmm. fine. I mean, that's logical. It's just like, well, technically, you know, this isn't true. This is a person with, you know, it's like hundreds of thousands of followers, potentially millions of followers on their account. And they say something that's completely a bold faced lie and completely untrue. Being able to say it's like. Yeah, okay. We're going to put a little asterisk at the bottom of your tweet that says, you know, hey, maybe you should stay informed about this. We'll link you to some some ways where you can be informed and you can read about it and you can understand why what they're saying isn't necessarily true. Of course, it involves you, the user, actually taking the time to click that thing. But having that little thing that says like, well, you know, maybe this isn't exactly There are the also truth. obviously complications like what, what their inherent biases are and oh, yeah. the oh, fact sure. checks, the fact checkers and all that shit. But generally, private, private platforms are allowed to do whatever they want. And yeah. It's, you know, it's your choice to use it or not. But this one particularly, when it comes to removing those comments, like it just feels like, to your point earlier, Caden, that YouTube was originally a very expressive creative platform and has now become more and more corporate and more and more restricted um, because, you know, Google makes all their money from ad revenue. That's what they really care about. Hell yeah. It just, um, 
I think especially in the gaming space where we've seen a lot of restrictions, uh, Funhouse struggles with censorship all the time just for having occasionally inappropriate content. Well, occasionally. Probably. Occasionally. <laughs> just just, just, the, nice uh, just here, and, here and there. Just, just a little sometimes bit. sometimes we just, make a joke. I you know, don't know. I mean, sometimes uh, we'll go on to Rule 34 and we'll browse for a bit. And it we just happens it to, yeah. for the most part. But so, I, I feel like it just sets a really scary precedent of especially governments getting involved. It's oh, like, yeah. Oh, haven't we want to move away from this, don't we? This is not yeah. the direction we want to head in. We don't want <laughs> we're, opinions We're better than this, aren't we? As, as people, as as cultures, we're smarter than, than letting people, you know, just Dictate manipulate comments. us like this. Yeah. I think. You, you I hope, hope so. I pray. Hope so. Who knows? <laughs> but it, it's a scary one. Doesn't necessarily mean... Doom doesn't mean YouTube is going to die and everything's going to hell. It's just a red flag to me. That's like, again, it's that it's that pulling back of the curtain moment where it's just like, hey, yeah, here's 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 the man behind the curtain. You know, it's like, (laughs) don't he's like, don't look at the man behind the curtain. Pay attention to the giant, all powerful Wizard of Oz, the terrifying face that's telling you to watch out for things. And then you pull back the curtain and it's just Jim from accounting (laughs) being just like, quick, we can get more money. It's just like. Fuck you, Jim. Get out of here. (laughs) And it's funny for those of us who grew up in the States, you're it it feels like a little bit of turnabout, like, oh, we're not running things anymore because you're you're sort of conditioned, or at least I certainly was as a child, like USA, number one. We're the biggest, (laughs) we're the best, you know, that post-World War II atmosphere. And it's, you know, it's it's this is such a sign of all of this. uh, The uh, uh all of, you know, the Hearthstone thing, all this is just a sign of like how ascendant China is. Oh, for sure. Oh, Again, absolutely. like it's just becoming more obvious now. And I think yeah, India is yeah. a really interesting one where the Indian population is massive and it's growing yep. consistently. But India's entertainment is largely self-contained. They have their own Bollywood, massive industry, yeah, their own yeah. massive stars. I, I, I love Bollywood movies. They're so fantastic. They're so good. They're doing some good shit over there and they're keeping it there. Uh, One of my favorite movies of all time is absolutely a Bollywood movie. It was fantastic. It's three and a half hours long, and it's a story of an entire family from like a concept to end, and it was amazing. It blew my mind. Yeah, they're they're fubuing it over there. It's for us by (laughs) us. It is. It feels like yeah, this is just sort of our deal, and And that's good. If you like it, that's great. I love the idea of global entertainment and and globalization in general, like in terms of you know sharing different cultures. But right, it's just that the the point really is that the U.S isn't doing that uh in some mm, cases right. they are i believe birds of prey only released in the u.s because of the rating and like the, uh, maybe joker was the same I'm, I'm unsure but there are movies that have come out that have only released in the u.s that have still done incredibly well but yeah for the most part any movie you get pitched any studio who's going to want to take that movie is going to ask the question can we sell it in china because that's yeah. a guaranteed audience of a billion people i mean that's the entire reason film. that warcraft movie even got made 10 cents behind that whole thing and everybody's like Wow, it really bombed in the states. It did really terrible. Doesn't like, matter. Do you know how much money the yeah. Warcraft movie made in China? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah. irrelevant what what happens here, really. It's crazy. <laughs> Ten cents behind everything. All right, let's uh, let's move on and talk about Japan. Actually, uh, there was an aerial shot that surfaced of the Super Mario theme park in Universal Studios Japan. Looked very cool. I I, I know so this has been kind on of on board. Yeah, this has been, you know, in, <laughs> so in the works for a while, but like I might have to take a special trip for this. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think yes. when you heard about it in, in it news, it looks press, like, like real life Mario Bros. I mean, that's oh the yeah. best I can describe it. Post COVID, this is where I'm going. That's that's yeah. my vacation. That's my like, oh, it's all over, everything's fine. I'm going to the Mushroom Kingdom. That's where I'm going first. <laughs> I know well, the line's big... gonna be bad. I don't yeah. care. Exactly. <laughs> that was the big up and down of that tweet was like. I didn't think this was going to be real or even come together. And now it is. And oh, it looks amazing. Very real. Like but now nobody too. can I go. wonder why we had that where I didn't really buy that it was going to be real. Yeah. I don't know why. But I mean, it it, it just I mean, looks a just, lot denser than I expected. And the colors and very dense, the, it yeah. all looks plasticky and. Man, I mean, I've never been this excited looking at a picture <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, it it looks so uh, it, it's very reminiscent of Legoland. Honestly, just taking a very quick kind glance of, at it yeah. with the bright poppy colors and and everything looking again. You said very plasticky, but I think that mm-hmm. like suits that Mario aesthetic For sure. well. It's that nice plasticky sheen. I mean, look at the trees. The trees are all just like bubbly I'm, looking. It's I'm really happy. I love I'm, everything I'm, about this. I'm stunned they haven't made this earlier. Consider Considering like how iconic Mario is, how long it's been around, it's just 
this seems like a no-brainer, but I, I realize these things are, are easier said than done. Although, Jesus Christ, in sort of this COVID-19 world we live in, who knows if theme parks, I mean, are they going to let in five yeah. people at a time? How's it going to work? Oh, It'll that would be the best theme park experience. No lines, no waiting, it's all For, private. Uh, the launch of the Harry Potter Pokemon Go type game, I forget what it's oh, called. Oh, wow. Uh, Wizards uh, Unite? Uh, Wizards Unite, I believe. Yeah, I was mm. in Universal with like maybe 20 people at that fucking ruled and now i'm like how do i ever go back i didn't have to line up for a roller coaster it was incredible so <laughs> much fun and that's like the dream you have from when you're a kid right? yeah like, yeah by myself <laughs> i could go to this with five people hell yeah dude I, they wouldn't be able to get me out that happened I, I to think... me one time yet yeah, six flags like there was no line for this one roller coaster and it was a double loop called the Shockwave, and it's six <laughs> flags arlington we ran just as you know and as fast as you can run back it, it like we must have run it a dozen times the best. You think it's the best day of your life. Probably yeah. is. <laughs> I still remember it, so it must have been up there. Yeah, and I <laughs> one think, of those um, very, very vivid memories. Yeah. It's a good one. Keep that. I think to your point about why they didn't do this sooner, I think Nintendo's just really picky about what people do with their licenses. Yes. Like, you know, that's yes. why we yeah. haven't, aside from the Switch, which they don't really count, um, we didn't get a mainline console Pokemon uh, rather than just handheld was because they just didn't want to do that to Pokemon. Yeah, they right. didn't they want to split their user the base. They didn't want to have to pe have make people migrate. It took the unification of all of their things to one device to bring the biggest franchise of all time. It is mm. the biggest money-making franchise ever, period. There is no thing that beats Pokemon on that list of profit. And it was handheld only until, as far as mainline games are concerned, last year. Yeah, yeah. they just do what they want to do. 2019. They do what they want to do. Really they always have. Specific. They, yeah. were, they were adventurous back in the day. I mean, that Super Mario Brothers movie sure that's does true. exist. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then as soon as that happened, they're just like, you know what? Maybe we don't do that anymore. No more, <laughs> there was no more cartoons. It. There was no more <laughs> movies. There was yeah. only projects and everything was very contained. And I think now that they've realized, okay, we have a control over our brand now. We have that idea. We have that unified vision. We can take our own version of of those like classic 1960s era, like we're going to build our own Disneyland kind of things. Like, but we yeah. have it in such a way. We have such a vision of it. Yeah. That's why you're seeing it's like, hey, there's another Super Mario Brothers movie coming. It's going to be animated. It's done by Illumination Entertainment. And now we have this, which is this, you know, very living, <laughs> breathing Mario world as a theme park. I think we're going to start seeing things like this more. And they've I, said, yeah, we're going to get more into movies. We're going to we're going to, uh, you know, uh, start to, I, I think, sort of license this stuff more. It, it's just it's interesting me to me because no other company would like every other company in the world would have been licensing this stuff out, you know, sure. just Disney and things like that. And they just had this crazy roster of yeah. IP that no one else has. I mean, or certainly not in video games. No, I mean, other, you know, you talk about iconic characters. Yeah. There's Disney, there's other companies, but, but they just have all this. Stuff. It's just, I think it's cool. I hope it turns into something. I hope it, is as good as it looks you know i i'm not really a <laughs> theme park person honestly but, uh, all i really care about is just being there and looking at it the rides don't even have to be that's good, a good point yeah. it's like honestly just yeah, yeah. Just being able to interact with that world would be like super amazing yeah. what i yeah. would really like yeah. what i would really like if nintendo's listening and i know that they're listening because they're a mega Absolutely. corporation and they sure. always listen to everything <laughs> uh you know what while we're while we're making a wish list of things can I get uh, can I get a uh, a Metroid animated series by uh, Powerhouse Animation and uh, just like the 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 Castlevania series? That was weirdly series? specific. I oh, mean, okay. look at that yeah. Castlevania Netflix series. It's like do that, it's good. do that, but yeah. that make that Metroid because it would be amazing. They I thought you were gonna say Pokemon MMO. I mean, I <laughs> I've been saying it for what twenty one years. They're not gonna do it. Yeah, no. Never. Well, I guess it's Pokemon's the only one where they have made movies and animated shows and stuff, which have been it's pretty because consistent. It's, it's because it's like adjacent. Nintendo has like, uh, there's there's Nintendo, then there's the Pokemon company. And Nintendo has seats on the board of directors there. They, they don't have, have all of it, though. No, they, they don't, don't own yeah. They own most of it, which, I mean, that's the only they they handle merchandising and all that lovely shit. That's why you have the Pokemon centers and everything like that. But Pokemon itself kind of like is self-contained. It's such a weird thing where it's like, can you imagine one game, one series 
being completely self-contained and isolated off from everything else and owned by one company. I mean, yeah, it's, crazy. it's so weird. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's nuts. Um, it's it's cool to see this coming to fruition. I hope it isn't just killed because of the pandemic, <laughs> not to be not to be a, a kind of a, a downer. I mean, it's about a realistic this, thing. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, you know, but we'll see. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's move on. Caden, you dug this one up. This was about a very wholesome Nintendo Direct. So so tell us a little bit about what happened. So what I think uh, I missed it. So there's there was you know it's, everybody's been like clamoring for another Nintendo Direct, and you know Nintendo's been pretty silent about it. We've we've heard a lot of like murmurs or everything like that. But uh, the indie community has decided to do their own Direct, and it was called the Wholesome Direct, and it was about forty minutes of really good feel good indie games. And I mean, all it was was just cute game after cute games. It's like, hey, there's you know, it's like some games had no combat. Some things is like uh, like uh, there was a game. I need to watch this. Uh, kind yeah. words, which is literally just sending digital letters to oh, people. Oh, I heard about and that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the whole game. The whole game is sending nice letters to people and then getting nice letters back. And it's like. Yeah, no, I could go for that. There's like uh, Mondo Museum. Um, Sad we have to gamify being nice now. <laughs> I mean, hey, if we're going to teach people to do stuff with That's video right. games, you know I mean, it's You're like, right. I've learned so much through video games. And now, you know, maybe some people will learn how to be, you know, nice. But now I'm going to learn so... interpersonal skills. <laughs> Honestly, I, I definitely think people could could learn that now more totally. than ever, especially yeah. with, the, with the social distancing. It's like, we're going to come back into things and not know how to interact with each other that isn't through a screen. So a yeah. lot of these deal with a lot of that stuff. And some of them are just like super cute and super adorable. It was just a wholesome 40 minutes, 40 minutes of pure game, game, game. And they're all talked about by the the developers behind them. So every single like uh, every single clip is like talked about with the passion of the people who wanted to make it, which is very, I unique. like that. Yeah. I love when they do that, when it's just the developer talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I wonder with, with the uh, Nintendo though, this, this also feels like, uh, yeah, they're going to hype up indies because who knows when the next first party game is going to come well, out the, because the best of part about this is this isn't this corporate nonsense. Nintendo has nothing to do with this. This is just it indie just people like being it, just yeah. like they made oh, this, cool. yeah. this whole oh, thing. It wasn't a Nintendo. Wasn't Nintendo. No, they no? Kinda, oh, they that's like, awesome. It's yeah, they kind of emulated the style indie. to yeah. a T. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh. OK. Yeah. Oh. So um, did you have a standout game? Frog Song was really cute. Let's see. Uh, if you like pixel art and you haven't seen Little Witch in the Woods yet, you should oh, look. Yeah. It's, Little it's Witch in the Woods is really yeah. great. Um, it's very cool looking. Let's see. Uh, Lonesome Village had a tech demo, which was really good. Uh, there was one more that oh, I really, really wanted nice. to, to put out it's there. It's pastel too. That's pretty. Uh, where was it? Where was uh, it? I mean, Calico. There's a lot of these games that have kind of just been around for a while. I think they're just like ready to show more. Yeah, they're generally they're like if, releasing again, or like they yeah. just want to remind you that something's there. Like uh, there was Florence, which came, which is uh, mm. uh, on the oh, Switch, yeah, which Florence. is a really great game. And a lot of these yeah. just were just like, hey, these games already came out, or you know, they weren't hyped up as much as as possible, and we're just gonna start uh, talking about a lot of these like cute, you know, simple games and. It's they have a whole YouTube channel for all of these like little trailers. And then they had this wholesome direct and I hope they continue doing it. Uh, are, are these all dumb question? Are these all coming to the switch or are uh, these just for these whatever? are just games in general? I mean, hey, uh, okay, there's a good right. chunk of them that are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's yeah. the easiest it's the easiest platform to develop for at this point. It's it's cheap. <laughs> it's effective. And you will sell more copies on that. Than almost yeah, anything yeah. else. I mean, uh, jumping back to that's uh, been happening for a while. Yeah, yeah. I forget I, what, Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight yep. made more money on the Switch than it made on any other platform, <laughs> mm -hmm. or I think it was all other platforms combined. Combined did yeah. not oh, make wow. as much as Shovel Knight did on the Switch years after it released. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it, the Indies have been. Uh, I mean, they've been on the rise everywhere, but they seem like they have been really important to the Switch. Because it's it's allowed them to fill out the library, and I know there's a lot of shovelware on the eShop right now. <laughs> oh yeah, but but there is a lot of good stuff too. Like I didn't have a, a chance to play Hollow Knight before I bought it for the Switch. Loved oh, what it. a great game! You know, mm. and, and but it's just you know you buy it you buy a Nintendo console for the first party games, obviously, but they they have apparently really rolled out the red carpet for indie developers. So it's cool. It, it's cool to see 
them being um, more open, I think, than they have been in the past. Also, I just I like the diversity of games available now. It is it's just insane. There like, is a game for much. everyone on yeah. the Switch, which is They're, a very difficult thing for a lot of. Uh, newer platforms when a when a when a new platform comes out it's hard to like have a good aggregation of things and even the switch kind of launched in this like weird thing of everybody bought zelda and then we waited but now it's right. such we a, all played zelda for a month yeah. <laughs> yeah and then it's just like we're waiting for the next nintendo thing and now i don't feel like that's the case anymore you're right there was a period where i feel like i was criticizing the switch for not having enough yeah. games mm-hmm. Um, I was really just holding out for Smash for a long time, I think. But yeah. now, yeah, there's tons of stuff that I, I can play and frequently do play. Honestly, oh, yeah, awesome. though, I, I do have to agree with Evan. The, probably the, the biggest standout for the entire, like, honestly, the entire Wholesome Games, like, channel as a, as a whole, and specifically from this direct, is definitely Little Witch in the Woods. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's really super cute. It's very really pastel. Clean. It's very, again, it's one of those things that's like, if you like things like Harvest Moon or Animal Crossing, it's gathering something, creating something, and it's very, like, a light and fluffy experience, which, you know, that's pretty much the entirety of the direct is... (laughs) No, it's made in South Korea. Here's cute things. Here's cute, adorable things. Yeah, it looks good. Um, Let's... uh, Oh, I forgot to mention... uh, I forgot the story. The Skyrim uh, grandma, who who was... uh, We won't spend a lot of time on this. We'll move to the uh, questions. But uh, she had... uh, Sort of, I forget her name now. Um, she had been Shirley, yeah, Shirley, right. uh, Shirley Curry, Shirley Curry mm. it gained a, a certain amount of internet fame for her playthroughs of Skyrim. She's uh, a grandmother. She refers to her viewers as her grandkids. She has like adorable, a, yeah, a healthy YouTube following. Um, but she has, <laughs> well. Uh, stories came out that basically she she shot this video basically saying she was taking a break for health reasons. Then she kind of went off on people who were uh, commenting and and sort of the chat and sort of suggesting how she should play. She didn't like it. It it led to some stories. Oh, she got bullied off the internet. She came out later and said, no, I'm just taking a break for health reasons. Uh, But I I gotta say, I watched that video and she did seem annoyed with, you know. She does talk about the comments. So the retraction was weird because then it started to sound like people were lying, but. It's one of those things that it's, it seems like it was like, hey, yes, I'm taking a break for health reasons. And then as soon as, (laughs) while I'm on it, as soon as she was saying this, it's like, but while I'm here to tell you some things that are are a part of my health issues, one of my health issues is dealing with the shitty comments. And mm. it's just like, yeah, that's a relatable thing. I think or we all maybe can kind of like be there that's with that. true. Or maybe she walked it back a little bit. You know, I, maybe I think, she was um, getting some blowback online. Yeah, I don't maybe. know. We, we definitely took a lot of heat for this on the daily because just, you know, not to get too into how the sausage is made, but we'd already shot that video at like nine in the morning and had been into post long before. Um, and so by the time we got it up, the story had changed and all and that. And then her tweet came. And that happened. And her tweet sometimes. came, yeah. yeah. And that happens and, and that sucks. But and I think it, it is kind of a combination of both because there's people who want one outcome or the other. And so like if people want the opposite outcome, they're quick to comment like, oh, the story's the story's false. But it's it's really like there's a little bit of a gray area there where I think it is like a combination of the two things. And I think the thing that I, what I was reading into from what she tweeted about and um, you know, because she was going back and forth. I forget which site it was. It wasn't yeah. Venture Beat. It wasn't Video Games Chronicle. It was It was VG247. Oh, VG247. Yes. That's right. Yeah, I knew it was one of the V ones. Yeah. Uh, and she, it, it <laughs> They're kind of an aggregator, like, but they do have some, some original. Yeah, it's, it sounded like she was being a little bit more defensive of her community and that saying like her yeah. community is like very good and strong. And, and she, she, it seemed like she, her community was taking heat and that, that wasn't really what the story is about. But also, yeah, I think you know, to an extent, things get over embellished in a way where it's like you want your headline to be punchy or whatever. And and so right. it becomes this thing of like, oh, trolls, like kick grandma off the Internet. I had when this it's thing not so much that yeah. to very much relate this to myself. I apologize. Where <laughs> yes, um, no. You guys might have seen that I went viral 2014 for screenshotting something where I was sending um, kids moms rape threats that they would send me. Oh, right. And I remember that. Yeah. As part of that. Uh, some outlets said that it was Gamergate because it was exactly the same time, really. I think it was like maybe just before that all went down. So headline was Gamergate sending female games journalists rape threats. And I never said that. 
uh, I never said it was Gamergate. I think in one of the first interviews I did about it, someone said, do you think it's related to Gamergate? And I was like, well, it's related in that these are about <laughs> negative comments on the internet. And internet hate ran, towards yeah. women, yeah. yeah and and as, more, and as more outlets pick something up, it kind of becomes the telephone game. It became, yeah. Gamergate was harassing right. me. And right. so right. then Gamergate started harassing me. <sighs> so I had to go and tweet at all those outlets and be oh, like, no. this is not true. I have, I believe this is just a fucking kid. I don't think he's a Gamergate. I don't think it had anything to do with it. Um, but I had to correct really all of them. And a lot of them in a really shitty way wouldn't actually update their headlines. They would right. add a, a comment as a correction at the very end. So they still got the clicks of the headline That's of me crappy. saying something that I wasn't saying. See, yeah, at least we change headlines. When we make a thing where it's like, all right, you know, the story changed. While we were while we had already shot the story, again, our pipeline is we shoot it really early in the morning. It goes into edit. It gets posted. By that time, sometimes things change. And by the time it's actually posted, it's like, Okay, and as soon as yep, it gets okay. posted, it's like, okay, well, now we need to change this. We'll change thumbnail, and, and we'll change title, pin comment and then we'll pin a comment, and we'll change, yeah. the, uh, change the description a bit, and we will make sure that the the package is presented in a way that is just like, hey... You're not mm, hurting another human for clicks. Yeah, exactly. So the they, that sucks, but... Yeah, the, mm -hmm. the difference is, sorry, uh, I think we're our, you know, primary outlet is YouTube, I think if you're on YouTube, and y'all all know this, you, but you are much more directly connected to your audience. Oh, absolutely. Much more sensitive. Yeah. Absolutely. And and so, but if, 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 if they cry foul about something, it's like, oh, we need to, we need to fix this now. Whereas I think a lot, you know, with more traditional outlets so, and I've worked for them, it's sort of like, ah, ah, people are complaining. That's fine. You know, it, it's yeah. just not, there's not. There's not that immediate. I also you know, just think comments. the video game audience is a lot more tapped into its own culture than totally. a lot of other oh, branches yeah, use are. But mm -hmm. I did whole... want to say before I then misrepresent myself, because I was tweeting at those outlets and being like, "This isn't true. I never said Gamergate did this." Gamergate then started supporting me. So it's like <laughs> a very weird win. turn where they were like, "You're an example of journalism being shitty." Uh, because they were lying about you, so then they started supporting me. So it was this right. very weird full circle thing. Oh, but wow. look, both yeah, things can be to... true, but also you yeah. both are wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was super yeah. weird. But I, it, I, I, I relate to like seeing a story get carried away because I did make a comment when asked by a journalist who clearly wanted to use it, where I said, "Well, yeah, it's related," but I didn't mean it is directly. Yeah, it is Gamergate. Yeah. Like it was just this thing that like really blew up, and I was like, "Sure, I said that, but that's not this, what I fucking." Meant this is a, this is the case of people who are presenting, you know, be it information or you know, it's like rather than being, you know, it's like uh, rather than being a journalist, like a lot of a lot of people are, there is that that dual hat of you're a journalist and a personality. It's just like I am presenting the news, I did my my research for this and everything like that, but I am also a personality that's trying to be one entertaining and two, you know course you through this where you're not bored by this it's like because I mean you can read through it's like I can sit here and I can read you this article will it necessarily be super entertaining probably not so you have to make these things <laughs> right. I mean especially yeah. on YouTube right. you have to make this yeah. you know clickable, a lot of understandable and yeah. we have a lot of columnists now not not journalists exactly it's, that's true. but it feels like. like the biggest takeaway of of Shirley's story is boiled down to two quotes is she was feeling stressed. She felt like she was wasting her time because her her audience was declining because she had a huge boom. And then then it's like, I mean, her her things, her usual peak views now on videos are between five and eight thousand yeah, yeah. between five and eight thousand, which I mean, if she was making money off of it or she was getting advertising revenue or she felt like she was, you know, creating something unique and Still people were absorbing it. And it just crashed and burned. And it's just like, well, you know, it's like, I feel like now I feel like whatever I was doing is a waste of my time. And the fact that I keep doing this is stressing me out, especially yeah, now. And that's I mean, good, she's she's away. older yeah. at this point. You really don't want to like stress yourself out. Plus the world is already stressful enough as is, especially now. And it's like, so it's very obvious. It's like, I want to take my health under control. And part of this stress comes from not necessarily you, the viewers, but you know, the little bit of the negative comments and a little bit of me feeling like I'm spinning my wheels. And honestly, I think that, you know, hell yeah, Shirley, I can fucking totally get behind that sentiment. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just feel tired and you want to take a break. So take a totally. break. And I hope you burnout, come back. Burnout you know, is a real thing. Yeah. I yeah, hope she comes back happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, that's my big takeaway is support Shirley. Yeah. Just support her. Yeah. Like whatever she wants to do for whatever reason. I am glad that she is a part Absolutely. of the YouTube gaming community and That's that she right. made content at all. That's and right. for she can have any reason in the world to not want to make content right now. Yep. And I'm okay with that. 
All right, go let's, let's go to the questions. Uh, we uh, we're kind of coming up on time, but we have a yeah. time. We have time for a few. Uh, Cody uh, Mirillas Mirillas says, with gaming going digital slash subscription based, do you foresee a situation where a copyright holder would suddenly take back their products, leaving consumers empty-handed? If so, is there any recourse on the consumer end that you can think of? That that is a huge yeah. Where the fuck is Scott Pilgrim versus the World? God damn it! I can't. I oh, I bought that twice. I can't play it anywhere. I'm pissed. So it's like it's no, just it's, gone. Is, is, hasn't this already? Happened? Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been, it's been, it exists. I mean, they did, uh, uh, happened with a lot of the Konami. It has and you're screwed. PT is the same thing. I have a, I have my base PS4 and I copied the data from my base PS4 to my PS4 Pro, which means I have two copies of PT and I, I will sure not I be that. removing it. It is. Yeah, I just kept my PS4 just so I could keep PT, but I, yep. I should just transfer uh, yeah just duplicate it and yeah. I, now i have two yeah. just in case something happens to that i get anxious PS4. about that or anytime that my ps4 was like exceptionally loud i'd be like yep. oh sweet baby PT. please no oh, hang in there hang in there oh, hang in yeah. there but yeah the quick thing i would just happening. say about this is that it's not about like a copyright holder just all of a sudden being stingy and saying like we're gonna take this this product back it's more of the situation like with pt where it's like oh things went real bad and now we don't know who owns this so now yeah. it's gonna disappear Often or licenses like expire yeah. music yeah, can be exactly. a huge part of it yeah. it's definitely complicated but yeah i mean here's that's the, the thing stuff that's scary yeah. steam could do that to you from the jump if your steam right. account gets terminated yep. even wrongfully you can no longer access any of those games you're effectively licensing right. from them you're so gone. yeah unless even that doesn't count most of the time. I was going to say, unless you own it physically, you don't own video games. You're just yeah, licensing I mean, the software temporarily. Buying a physical disc doesn't mean you own it physically. You no. own a physical license, basically. It is a key that when you yeah. put it in the system, it's not like buying a, an SNES cartridge or, you know, even a, a PlayStation game or a PS2 game where you can plug it in and just pop it in and play it. This is a startup key and that is is fucking it this is the real problem with digital ownership because yes there is no ownership yeah it's like y'all y'all explained it better than me it sucks it uh i hate it it's the worst part of the future in my opinion and yeah as we start going more and more toward cloud gaming that's just going to be the reality it's you know it's it's going to be like netflix sometimes games are going to be on there and then maybe they disappear you know yeah um in terms of if there's any recourse on the consumer end of what we can think of australia is actually really good about consumer policies um they had already uh had major lawsuits with both steam and um with sony regarding their refund policies because in australia consumers are entitled to refunds i think it's 14 days uh no matter what so yes, there are, it, but it is going to take an entire country to make this shit yeah. change. Yeah, but yeah, there, yeah. There, there are potential lawsuits or policies in place that will protect consumers from this stuff. It has to catch up, but it's not going to happen on a, on a, a small level. And it's also certainly not going to happen in the U.S. It's going to be someone no, else oh, no, against no. that. The All U.S. Right, is so company pro. It's why yeah, I like things exactly. like limited run games. Like I, I buy a lot of things. I was like, I don't know if this is still going to be around on a storefront later because it's such a small game or such a small project who knows if it'll be around right. later so yeah. go on i bought i bought a bunch of stuff i bought um, uh, the new shante game uh on switch through them because i want to make sure i still have that game because yeah. who knows so what the hell's gonna happen to the, um i believe it's the video game conservation society it's a charity that that is basically trying to make sure to that back they... up all these games yeah, yeah. it's uh yeah. the video yeah, game history cool. foundation they yeah, uh, it, was, it was way off <laughs> The, yeah, well, there's there's gamehistory.org, yep, I think. That's, and then, that's them, gamehistory.org, yeah. the Video Game History yeah. Foundation. I talk about them anytime there's digital content in a story that I'm doing. It's like, seriously, we're going to lose shit. Shit is already yeah. disappearing, so oh, we need yeah. to have oh, something. for a long time, yeah. yeah. All right, let's, let's move on. Hungry Moose asks, I think that one of the reasons VR isn't taking off is because it's too late in the game. Most people want more casual games that they can listen to music or podcasts while playing for hours. VR is just too physically and mentally taxing for that agree or disagree that's a that's an interesting perspective uh that i i think there's a couple of reasons i think uh the the hardware costs the the sort of buy-in costs are just very high for vr and before half-life alex i don't think there was a game where it was like a system seller for vr i i think maybe that will change for half-life alex but I, I do agree. I, I multitask when I play games all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I, that 
it it does feel yeah with VR you're you're doing VR you aren't doing anything you else. can't even check your phone like generally yeah. I would say I disagree with this statement I don't think there's anything about VR being too late in the game I don't think more people want casual games uh, yeah. we're consuming more video games in terms of hours than we have ever before which is inherently not casual even if you mm-hmm. you're right you could be listening to a podcast or whatever at the same time I think um, you're right Brian it's it's the price limitation the setup limitation and uh, the software I I never. I don't. I don't think it'll ever happen that VR will be our number one go-to no, because no. you like having the comfort of your living room. You like playing a game in front of someone else. You like a yeah. TV. You like being able to look at your phone or eat or whatever. You like being able to do that stuff. But um, I absolutely think VR is going to get better than it is, and I don't think it's related to uh, casual gaming or, or it being too late. There it's, is. We're just. It's just I, the beginning. There I just think yeah. by the nature, it's, it's, it's niche. It's just going to be a niche thing. Uh, maybe not. But but I, I just. With with that equipment and just sort of the the, the physical uh, you know costs and demands of it, I, I just think it's yeah. always going to be. I think a, there's a. Well, I think you're, it's a slur- certain slice of the pie. I think there's another yeah. part of this too that and and they kind of tapped into it. It's like being able to sit down and it's like I can sit here, I can sit here and I can play Animal Crossing or I can play you know Resident Evil or I can play Doom and I can sit there and I can play it for hours and hours and hours and hours and not have any problems. You can't necessarily do that, or I should say most people can't necessarily do that in VR because after about 45 minutes or an hour, you start getting dizzy or headaches or yeah, anything like that. Yeah, take a drink at some point. There's something, yeah. there's something to, you know, it's like you have to physically take a thing off. Um, that said, I did play through all of Resident Evil 7 entirely in VR in one sitting, and it was <laughs> fucking amazing. How long did that That's take? Cool. It took about five yeah. hours. It was pretty. It was pretty no, that's not that bad. It, no, it's it's a it's a reasonably short game. I mean, it's not I a really very typical game. Too bad. I feel like yeah. that game took me way longer than that to finish. But it was my third playthrough. It was in, in uh, fairness, okay. it was my third playthrough. See, I was gonna say there's plenty of stuff that I will play in VR. Like when I was at IGN, it's having to re- review VR games. That was hours and hours and hours in VR. That was totally fine. Anytime I get to talk about VR, I always want to give a shout out to Kronos. Uh, made by Gunfire Games, who are known for Darksiders. I, I love that game. It is a fantastic VR game where your head is the camera, like old school Resident Evil style. And one of the coolest mechanics they had is that there's an enemy type that will only move when you aren't looking at it. So oh, when it's not in cool. frame and you look away, you hear it moving and then you have to look back. Like the ghosts on Super Mario Brothers, yeah. yeah or like, uh, <laughs> it, it felt more like the... Um, the Weeping, Weeping Angels, Angels from Doctor yeah, Who, yeah. Like it's okay. 100% I'm with like you, Alana. But you still have to move your character. So sometimes you're trying to move your character while you can't see because you're trying to look at where the next angel is. Like it was so, so, so cool. I really, really love that game. Highly recommend it. It's very like Dark Souls, Zelda. Very SCP sounding is. too. Like with Super the, cool. Yeah. So there's, there are Quest. a lot of really good VR games that you can play for a really long time without any issues. Um, but yeah, it's it's inherently isolated. I, I think you're in part right, Brian. I do think that VR is going to take off way more than it has as we start getting more killer titles, as it starts getting cheaper, as more people start getting their hands on the Quest, for example, because that's goddamn fantastic. Right. It's so convenient. Right. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to be the number one go-to gaming platform and I don't know where people ever got that idea. I don't think it was ever trying to do that. It doesn't seem possible. It's it's a different experience. It's a completely yeah. different uh, and and that's fine. I'm I'm glad it's there. VR has famously for decades. I mean there's there've been attempts to get VR off the ground. It does seem like it is stuck somewhat this time. I I think uh, you know, I with, with companies like Valve getting behind it I, and you know and Sony, I think that's all good, and, and then the Oculus line. So, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's hopefully here to stay. I, more options I are it. always better. Yeah, I think it's fun. Have a huge time. Yeah. Yeah. Huge um, time. All right. Let's <laughs> do let's do one more. I think we have time for this. A uh, kind of an interesting one from Rob Alexander. Do you guys think that the traditional brick and mortar news outlets, I like brick and mortar news outlets, <laughs> uh, will have a different view on gaming after the pandemic? And I think what Rob means is, you know, uh, uh, historically, oh, like Fox News? Uh, well, historically, I think the media has been sort of down on like sort of what the hell is this crap that the kids are playing? I think that's sort of the underlying message on on everyone. I remember when I was a kid and the Super Nintendo came out. Yeah. All of the major news uh, channels, at least it seemed like all the networks were doing stories about why do they need a new there already is a Nintendo and they were sort of acting like it was some sort of con uh, that why why do we need a new system? And I remember my parents being like, we're not buying you that you already have Mm -hmm. one. I I think as um, my generation Gen X has gotten older and and now you're seeing I, I think the coverage has gotten 
better. Like the Washington Post has a video game section now, like a special team. Uh, there are reporters like uh, uh, Gene Park who who play game who play games and know what they're talking about. They've so, played a bejeweled once or two. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> and, 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 yeah, you know, and he's, he's, he's doing all right. Been there. And, 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 you know, Bloomberg's coverage, they, they hired yep. Jason Trier. They got some people. So I, I think a lot, I think some of that stuff is a little bit generational. But yes, I do think it's, you know, in the pandemic, people have been playing a lot more games. I and absolutely so, think that. I think that's good. The stupid uh, old people outlets. <laughs> Uh, finally uh, going to realize the value of video games. I, I disagree. I mean, you, we were talking about <laughs> clickbait earlier. They're, they're going to do what they're going to do. They, they've got they a perfectly no matter clear what. agenda. That's true. Yeah. Demonize GTA it's, 6 no matter what. But it's, oh, yeah. only like, a matter of, it's only a matter of time before this goodwill towards games ends. And I think yeah. that goodwill towards games will end probably about a year or two after because they're just like, hey, okay, you know what? We played a bunch of games while we were in lockdown because it was necessary and we kind of got addicted to having fun with them and exploring really vast and diverse worlds and, you know, seeing things through a different lens and exploring different stories in ways we but never thought imaginable. But then GTA 6 came out and they were back to, fuck this, Bannon. But also, yeah, well, a this lot of that's game driven... has prostitutes and how yeah. fucking dare they? <laughs> a lot yeah. of that is driven, though, by the government and whenever there's like a mass shooting they always blame video games hey we're circling all the way back around to the first story again (laughs) right it's but it's a convenient scapegoat for them um and and a lot of those they don't understand that's true well right and i think also a lot of them are really old and don't understand (laughs) video games. well here's the thing anytime for something to be considered art generally just all the people who didn't grow up with the thing have to die out yeah, yeah. I agree. the same. Yes. It's yeah, very true. started people like not art, garbage, read a book, um, go to an orchestra, but then, you know, the old people who it's new to depart and suddenly film is art. And I feel like the same will happen for video games. And so while I absolutely think you're right, Evan, that like it is still going to be a scapegoat, it is still going to be used as clickbait. I do also think that this will have opened up the minds of at least some subsection of those oldies to the men- mental health benefits or social benefits of playing video games in a way that they probably never would have been confronted by otherwise or refused to be confronted by. Whereas it, now it's a talking point. It, it yep. also feels like those, the blame video game defense, it feels like it doesn't stick as much as it used to. Oh, um, sure, yeah. It's because like, it's not I, as I, new as it used it, to be. Right, that's right. Then, but they still, like, they still do it. But that like, I, I remember God, when the, the, the rage was uh, bitching about mortal combat and the blood and night mortal trap combat and the sexual and the early, content. Yeah. But those, th- there were government hearings on that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, you know, so I, I, I just feel like people are like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember Nintendo throwing Sega under the bus? It's like, well, we didn't include blood in our Mortal so Kombat. Sweat. Fuck you, Sega. It was sweat. <laughs> yeah. Those were, those were the best. Happier, so good. <laughs> happier right. times. In some ways. Uh, I, oh, wow. The first video I ever cut actually had featured Jeff Keighley on like Fox News or something talking about Mass Effect and uh, Commander Shepard having sex with Yara. So, oh, <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Hot, I just, man. I don't know. Like, even as recently, that's not that read. That was probably like 10 years ago or something. I don't yeah. know. But it, it's, it, it will always kind of be a peg or like a something in like the mass media's yes. toolkit. It's Someone a dead look horse always to say beat. something. Yes. Yeah, look at these right. degenerates. Yeah. That's and and right. but I think you're right. Like once enough of the like the old studio managers and stuff and producers, executive producers and people who control the media in that way are kind of out of the picture, then you know it starts to get better. The day yeah, we yeah. can finally have content time. where somebody doesn't pick up a controller and smash every button on screen, that will be the first day that people finally understand video games as a medium but i don't think we're quite there just yet i still think we're gonna see sitcoms with that shit constantly for the next 10 15 years well speaking of sitcoms i mean uh uh, to alana's point tv was considered absolute trash Mm -hmm. for decades and uh, me like uh, to to a, a movie star would never like appear on like a TV. Mo- I mean, it was considered such a. Step we had down. that with streaming, and now we got yeah. fucking Scorsese. Like yeah, right. it, it comes full circle. He's not happy about it, but he did it. Yeah. <laughs> he still did it, and he paved the yeah. way for others to do it. That's right. just going back around to the first story. Like, if you just follow the money, like follow once money, video games are making those money, people baby. money, then <laughs> then you'll see the the messaging. Who are you TV. not allowed to criticize? That's who yeah. runs things. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thanks everybody for uh, joining, Alana. Thank you for joining us on the of course, podcast. Thanks for having me. A real treat, and uh, we'll see you next week.